Hello and welcome to the first episode of The Warp Show on May 22nd, 2019. I am Aiden, and with me today is Brian. Hello, Brian. Hello. Today's primer is the founding of FRC, or more accurately, the prequel to FRC. Uh, the MIT 270 class, also known as uh, 2.70 or 2007. The class started around uh, 1970, uh, and the concept for the class was that they would give students a creativity kit, and they were instructed to build something uh, that was useful. It was very nonspecific, uh, very generalized. Uh, and the class, over time, began to develop into something that uh, closer resembled FRC, which is why I like to call 270 the prequel to FRC. The instructors for the course realized that it was quite hard for students to decide what to do with just the instruction of build something from a fairly limited set of parts. One of the initial changes that Woody Flowers decided to make on that front was to give the students not only just the kit of materials, but a specific design goal with the course, which is very similar to the concept we have now of uh, the game design or uh, the GDC, the Game Design Committee, who designs a game or a challenge for FRC students. It's one of the first parallels that you see with MIT 270 that shows how tied it is to the current FRC. An even older example is the kit of materials that they were given that I mentioned earlier on. Sounds like the kit of parts that we receive at the beginning of each year. Yeah, the, the kit of materials that they were given uh, at the beginning of their design process sounds really similar to the kit of parts that we get at the beginning of our build season. Uh, one of the primary differences is that, uh, at least in the current form of FRC, the kit of parts is, I wouldn't say so much integral to you know your design process so much as it is uh, a supplement, maybe a sparking ideas. Uh, whereas the kit that they were given in 270 was, you know, the entirety of their design options. Realistically, uh, they were they were relatively confined by that kit, but it, it wasn't so much um, a hindrance as it was a design constraint. So from my understanding, from what you're telling me, is that unlike what we have as an option to use the kit of parts here in FRC, they had to use the constrained parts kit that they were given. Yeah, yeah. And... That was part of the reason why that initial concept of just telling them to build something useful was so hard, because it was almost aimless in a sense, and you didn't have as many options for what to do, so you had to not only work within your constraints, but your constraints weren't geared towards a certain goal. They were almost abstract, uh, which is why moving to that more challenge-focused design process significantly improved the course in a way that eventually would shape FRC. The students actually, they really took on to the concept of a challenge-based design process. The first contest or challenge was to have a machine go down a hill in three minutes, which sounds oddly specific, but it's it's difficult to create a machine that can, you know, go down a hill in exactly a certain amount of time. You know, it's it's a super specific design challenge. 
And when you're working with the parts of, you know, the late 70s and early 80s, you're limited in not only in terms of the parts they're giving you, but those parts are limited by the technologies of the time. You know, you're not getting a Robo Rio in your MIT 270 kit of parts. While it seems like an odd challenge at first, it presents a lot of issues that are great engineering problems to try to solve and work through. The challenge started out relatively small. I mean, they only had maybe 30 or so students in the class and a few others that would come uh, watch the uh, competitions. And it, it was ahead of the times in a sense in, in that competitive robotics or even competitive design challenges uh, at, at an even lower level since this hadn't even evolved to robotics yet. Competitive design challenges were just not something that was done in a schooling setting, especially not as a class in its entirety. So giving these students a, a challenge that is more abstract, not necessarily practical, but then making them use practical skills to solve that challenge and create a solution to it was something that was new and was uh, innovative in a sense. But it developed into something so much more, and it became, at MIT, a big program. The early developments of MIT 270 allowed it to progress to the point that, you know, it received local television coverage. And uh, it became a local competition within the MIT community that people were interested in seeing. In contrast, you know, FRC isn't a local competition anymore. You know, it might have been local at the early beginnings in New Hampshire, but it became, or it has become so much more. You've got people watching competitions out in California from the East Coast, and uh, heck, I know I've personally watched competitions in Israel. So even though it started as something so small with 30 students, it, it did develop quickly into a televised, or at least on local television, a televised uh, competition that had renown with MIT students. And it's something that got people excited. They were hyped up for competition. They were ready to compete and show off their skill in engineering, something that is extreme, at least in my mind, is extremely beneficial towards learning. I think people that are interested in what they're doing get a lot more out of it, the experience. One thing that I've definitely noticed with my students that I mentor on some of my teams is that when they have this sense of hands-on learning they get this sense of security that when they do fail they can learn from that experience and that learning point is what entices them to continue on and do more it almost makes it so that they can embrace what they do and enjoy what they do even more than what they did just before the failure. Something that Woody Flowers pioneered in the course was that it's important to fail so that you can learn, so that you can uh, take pride in your failures in order to make the best of them. And, you know, even if you do fail, it's not all for nothing. It was, you, you got a lot out of the 
experience and the experience is more important than anything you can only have one winner but every single person who participates in the competition can get something out of it they can stick with them possibly for a lifetime as a side effect of this learning by doing mentality students eventually evolved on their own a culture of helping one another uh, as part of the competition and it honestly it developed from the start at its core from the students entirely it wasn't something pushed on them by the staff and i think that's powerful it, it's an idea that eventually became gracious professionalism which is one of woody flowers catchphrases in a sense to the point where at some level it's become a meme in the frc community but at some level every frc student does recognize that same thing that the students in 270 realized is that helping each other out is mutually beneficial and is the best route towards success, which is a natural consequence of learning by failure. If, if you fail together, you gain double the experience, you know? And it's an idea that is, is core to the values of FIRST, and it was core to the values of 270 in, in the same way. So from what I know of this topic, which I know very little of, but from the, from the slight research that I've done, so this is the seedling. It wasn't even his own creation. It was the fact that the students in the class were working together that gracious professionalism even came about, which I find very fascinating that even back then, it wasn't the onset of mentors and professors helping the students themselves know they helped themselves helped each other naturally it's a core important part of first that the students while they should be guided by their leadership the students primarily are are creating the basis for their teams for their designs and in some sense for the entire organization it, many if not I would say possibly even most of the people that work for FIRST have been involved with the organization for so many years, many as students, and it builds upon itself in, in the way that 270 did, where the students developed this simple idea of a design class into something that was so much more than even just a design competition. It became a, a bonding uh, experience that is honestly hard to find in in many aspects of education is you know the student-led initiative that was so evident in 270 the the passion for engineering was so strong in 270 but it was because of the students and they they took so much out of the course to the point where you know the well, it might be cliche, the the whole was greater than the sum of its parts. It was it was a course that was made up of simple concepts, but had a deep level of, of learning and and camaraderie that is just so hard to find in other places. Well, it's interesting to see how first robotics competition was able to grow from just such a small seedling of a classroom in MIT in 1970. Yeah, it is amazing. And while it might not be an essential part of first knowledge, it certainly does shed some light into uh, the concepts of first that 
may occasionally get laughed at or or even you know degraded for being too optimistic like gracious professionalism which as as woody flowers said is even more important than a meaningful life but it it's true it's it it is truly an important factor in first and in the development of a successful life and a successful engineering career is that you are able to work together to solve problems. And the history behind 270 provides proof for that, uh, especially when it sometimes does seem a little bit too flowery and a little bit uh, maybe overbearing to some extent. On another note, there's so many other things in 270 that really did contribute to the FRC that we see today. Uh, One of the big things was the overall progression of game design throughout uh, 270's history with Woody Flowers, where it, you know, it started as simple machines doing a single thing that has little control, and it's, it's a relatively boring competition in comparison to what it eventually became. And then over time, it moved into more complex designs, uh, even competitions where the two designs or machines are interacting in the middle of the playing area and have some level of actual competition beyond just scoring. It's it's how they interact with other designs, which building on top of that became a robotic competition because it didn't start with robotics. I mean, you know, robotics were a novel concept at the time. I mean, it's it's the 70s and 80s and these people are are students in a, in a in a university. They might have access to robots, but for a design challenge like this, it's it's prohibitively expensive to work with complex robotic systems at the time, uh, way more so than it is now. So as it became a robotically involved competition, it significantly increase the complexity of not only the design requirements, but also the detail in the progression through competition. Something that we see in FRC now with the progression from one robot alliances to two robot alliances to three robot alliances and and the progression through our control systems from having a simple controllers to now we've got crazy control boards with Xbox controllers. And just the technology progression is something that was a has been a standard theme throughout FRC, even if it is uh, a little delayed sometimes. Sticking with the C Rio and the Robo Rio for as many years as we have, they still do have some level of progression. And students as a whole attempt to make the most of what they can with the limited components that they are allowed to use on that end, which is a concept again taken from 270 where you have to max out the ability of the parts you're allowed to use there are limitations you know you're not allowed to build an infinitely complex machine you have to work within your constraints and as your design capabilities become more complicated and your constraints become more specific the competition becomes harder and the design challenge becomes harder which is compounding and it it makes for a much more interesting competition and a much more interesting challenge
so from what I understand is that even the students who participated in 270 became founding volunteers and mentors of FRC. Yeah, the students from MIT certainly made a huge impact on the founding of FIRST and helped instill some of the values that they gained from that course uh, into the founding of FRC alongside, you know, obvious uh, contributors like Woody Flowers and Dean Kamen. Given that, there were a lot of people like that in FRC that they gave so much to the program and they've developed the program so much, even though they don't get as much recognition uh, as someone like a Woody Flowers or a Dean Kamen. But even people who have only worked in FRC for a short period of time uh, can make an extreme impact at a local level or even more than that. I mean, you look at mentors and volunteers and they are the core of FRC. Now imagine somebody that is uh, in the early founding years when FRC is small, a single person had a lot of impact. So these students from MIT that did move on to work with FRC brought so much and influenced the competition so much that helped it become the way it is today and helped develop a lot of the cultural aspects of FRC that many people don't think about at all. I'm really glad that we've been able to talk about MIT 270 as it is one of the major things that helped pave the way into what we now know as FIRST and FRC. Yeah, it's a great starting point for all of FIRST history. And as we move into the future with further episodes, I uh, am excited to explore and discuss many of the other factors uh, that created FIRST and developed the culture to what it is now. Uh, and it's it's constantly developing as we move year to year and season to season. There are always major changes in, in FIRST, just like MIT 270 experienced the major change from having uh, just a, a kit of parts to having that, that kit and a challenge. You know, we in FRC experience similar uh, changes all the time that really, really develop a complex culture uh, as we move forward to things like uh, no bag day next year. You know, that's that's going to be a huge change in culture and it's going to be a design challenge to overcome. Oh, for sure. 100%. Thanks for listening to the first episode of The Warp Show. Be on the lookout for next week, our premiere episode of our other podcast show, TAPS. It should be a great show. We've got 179 lined up. This year, they were an Einstein's team at Houston. And we'll be discussing their ascent from being an average team to making it into Worlds, uh, division finalists, and then Einstein's participants. And finally, we'll see you in two more weeks on The Warp Show.